Welcome to the Baxter Bowman Podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today's podcast is part of the Hunt Elk in 2020 series, where I walk my friend and new bow hunter, Josh, through what he needs to know for his first over-the-counter public land bow hunt. It's based on everything I learned that made me successful for three out of the first four years I bow hunted elk. I've found that I'm learning just as much as he is from this process, and I hope you do too. All right, we're live. Josh, how you doing? Doing good. Yeah, excited for this one. Yeah, the, uh, this is very fitting because we're doing it in the morning, and Josh just woke up and got out of his nice warm bed. <laughs> Today, we are talking about sleeping bags and sleep systems. Uh, yes. So, I out of my bed like 10 minutes ago, took a nice cold shower, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to recreate that experience, which is a nice, nice <laughs> sleep in the backcountry. And I think this is a really good one for guys, even if you already own a sleeping bag, because there's a lot of tips and tricks here um, and ways to use it and some suggestions around stuff sacks and pillows and other things, sleeping pads that'll really help you maximize your night's sleep. And I think, you know, you know my bias, which is getting a really good night's sleep in the backcountry is important because you're going hard and, you know, recovery is critical. So I'll always take a few extra ounces to get some good sleep. But we'll talk about yeah. uh, sleeping bags versus quilts, temperature ratings, types of insulation, sleeping pads, you know, just all, I mean, just so many things. So, yeah. So in one hour, you will be an expert on sleep systems and how to get a good night's sleep. Exactly. Yeah. And you, uh, you already own a sleeping bag, right, Josh? I do. Yeah. I upgraded one, um, sometime last year. I love it. Nice. Yeah. We can get into my recs at the end of this too. Like the ones, you know, they're always up on the articles on the website, but, uh, the, my top three recs. And I think you, we talked about this before you bought the budget one and then you just got the value one. So <laughs> you've yeah, already funny. got two I out of three. The, <laughs> yeah. I had the budget one for about three years. And then last year I upgraded to the value, the best value one that you have on the site, mm-hmm. the REI Magma 15. And I love that thing. Super light and really warm. Uh, it's, I don't think there's any better deal for it, especially when you get it on the REI sale, but yeah, yeah. I got it on sale too. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Cool. Well, maybe we start with temperature ratings. I think that's the biggest one uh, for guys. And my, my history on sleeping bags, I started started backpacking like 25, 26 years ago, and I've gone through the whole gamut of sleeping bag, then to quilt, then back to sleeping bag. Um, and we'll talk about quilts versus sleeping bags here in a bit. Um, and made all the mistakes in the book. So I'm speaking from a lot of bad experience here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Temperature rating. This one confuses the most guys. Like the most important thing to know, if I can tell you one thing in this hour, it's that the rating on your sleeping bag is always off by 10 to 15 degrees. Like always overcalled by 10 to 15 degrees. So if you have a 20 degree bag, it's only going to really be comfortable down to 30 degrees, 35 degrees for most guys. Oh, okay. Is that because it's, I think you mentioned something like this in one of our earlier conversations. Is that because that rating is about like survivability, not necessarily comfort? Yeah, basically. So they're all, the nice thing about sleeping bags is that they're standardized, right? There's this EN or ISO rating. We won't get into what that means, but there's, there's a European standard for how you rate, rate these things. Independent labs can do. Um, and what they do is they have actually four different ratings, but there's really only two that you're going to see or really matter. And that's a comfort rating and a lower limit rating. Mm-hmm. The comfort rating is like, what's the level of comfort that you can sleep the whole way through this, the night? The lower limit is like, what's the minimum temperature that a really warm guy can sleep through the night and, and like make it through. And the comfort rating is done on women. Actually, it's pretty funny. They've scientifically, they show that women sleep about 10 degrees colder than men. So something for you to know Oh wow! as well. But, uh, for the ladies out there, my wife, for example, uses a negative five degree sleeping bag, which, uh, we'll get into is perfect for like the five, the 10 degree temperatures you get. Right. Okay. Um, so whatever the rating minus 10 to 15. Yeah. And so to, to finish that thought, basically all the manufacturers, no surprise, this is marketing, use the lower limit rating and go, Oh yeah, it's fine down to 20, but mm. that's always 10 to 15 degrees warmer than the comfort rating, which is the true and actual rating of it. Gotcha. Um, the, the way they test too, it also assumes that you're wearing a beanie, um, and an upper and lower body base layer. 
oh, okay. in the standard and they use a super insulating sleeping pad, which we'll get into in a minute, like a really high R value. So they basically are testing under extremely ideal conditions and that's what it is. So a lot of guys elk hunting, you know, they get up there in September and they're like, oh, I've got a 20 degree bag. This is great. Uh, temperatures drop to 20 or 10 and they are freezing. Right. Uh, and so, you know, if you have a 10 or 20 or 20 degree bag, there's a lot of things you can do to fix that, but we'll talk about those in a minute. So, yeah. So if you, I think you have a, the Magma is 15 and the, the Kelty you had was what, 20? Yeah. I think the Kelty was 20 or 19 or something like that. And then the REI Magma, yeah, 15 degrees. Nice. And how, uh, how did you, like, how was that for your warmth levels? Really good. Yeah. I'm, I never get cold at night. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that's a really, that's a really important part too. Like you're hitting on a good one, which is like temperature ratings or averages, right? So it's like the average person. And like, I'm going to just scare guys here for a second. That varies a lot by your age, your metabolism, whether you're male or female, your nutrition and your hydration level. Like there's a million things that change how warm or cold you sleep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm guessing if you're warm in that thing, you've always been a fairly warm sleeper, right? Um, I've been decent. The last sleeping bag I had was actually, yeah, no, I think I've always been decently warm. Uh, yeah. The only time I was not was <laughs> I went uh, to a snow camp, like I was camping in the snow and I bought the wrong liner and uh, the liner actually was supposed to keep you cool, not keep you extra warm. <laughs> so it was actually like pushing the heat out and it was like in snow, I was freezing all night. I didn't understand why till the next day I realized I bought the wrong liner. Pretty good. But like at home, like at home in your bed, or you, you wake up sweaty some nights and stuff. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You're by my definition, you'd be a warm sleeper, right? Oh, okay. Got and it. So you'd probably be good with using the average stuff, but it's important for guys. Like my wife, Margaret, when she's sleeping, she's always cold, right? Even in a, in a mm. warm giant bed. And so for her, in addition to the racks I've got, I'm like, you know, add another 10 degrees, right? Or 20. Right. Oh, so interesting. So it's important just to know it's like a very personal thing. Again, there's no ego here. I know guys that are just yoked, but they're cold sleepers and they got to use like a zero degree bag yeah, for elk season. But before you know, we're diving into the sleeping bag stuff, like backing up a level, like what temps are you going to see in elk season? Mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about this before, but anywhere from you know 80 during the day all the way down to I'd say about 10 at night. Um, that just depends on your altitude. Obviously, the, the rule of thumb is five degrees colder every thousand feet you go up. If you're super high altitude and a snow, early snowstorm comes in, that's when you're going to see those 10 degree mm -hmm. temps. But I'd say it's pretty standard to see kind of 20s to 30s um, during even during September elk season. Okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty cold. It's colder than I thought. Yeah. You wake up a lot of the time and the, everything will be frozen you know, on the outside okay. of the tent. So I've got some great footage of scraping that stuff off the tent. It's really funny. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Does your does the water in your bladder freeze? Like if you have one uh, in your pack? Yeah, it, you know, not if it's in the bladder, but a good tip if it ever gets that cold is you can blow the water in the tube back into the bladder. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it won't really freeze as much there. And then also if it's inside, you know, your bag's inside the fly of the tent, it's yeah. a little warmer in there than outside. So generally gotcha. it won't. Yeah, it won't okay. be so bad. Cool. But yeah, so my overall rec for guys, like the average person is pretty much what you've got. It's a 10 or 15 degree rated bag. Because remember, that's off the lower limit. Mm -hmm. so in reality, that's going to be a 20 to 25 degree bag that you're comfortable at. Okay. So yeah, somewhere around at least a 10 to 15 degree bag, you said? Yeah, 10 to 15 degree. Okay. Um, cool. That you'll see advertised. But you know, and this is for guys that already have it too. Say they've got a 20 or like you've got a 15 and you might get hit with a snowstorm and it's freezing, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you already hit on one, you can add a liner to it. You can buy one, but then you got to pack something else in, right? Um, you can wear your clothes to bed, obviously. That's one of the nice things about sleeping bags. You always got backup clothes to throw on if it gets truly co cold. Mm -hmm. um, beanies are huge. If you wear a beanie, especially in elk season when the temps are really cold outside the bag, like wearing a beanie will add a lot of value. Making sure your sleeping pad is really high R value or good insulation. Um, mm -hmm. Or, yeah, we were talking liner. So there's a lot of things you can do to make it make it a lot warmer. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to get a beanie. Um, I heard somewhere you lose a lot of heat through your head, uh, surprisingly. Yeah, some of those stats are a little over-exaggerated, but there's, I mean, it's a solid amount of heat and you, yeah. you'll notice a massive difference in warmth uh, with a beanie on at night yeah. or what. But uh, it's maybe we talk, maybe we talk quilts versus sleeping bags because I know a lot of guys get confused with that and are like, what is, what is this? And it's kind of the thing du jour for ultralight backpackers. Um, mm-hmm. You ever heard about quilts? I have. I've never tried one though. Yeah. Yeah, and they... You know, if I could sum it up in one sentence, it's that a fully enclosed system will always be warmer. A sleeping bag, right? Where it's that's that is insulation, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's your the whole point of insulation is to trap air. That's just what keeps you warm. That's how insulation yeah. works. So a fully enclosed system will always be warmer. But if you're willing to compromise a little bit of comfort, you can save some weight. Oh, okay. So it's about weight. Though. Yeah. And I think okay. it's a much better option in the summer. And it's mm-hmm. especially, as we talked about before, backpackers are kind of June to August, right? When it's warm. Mm-hmm. And I actually have used quilts in that time frame, and I like them for that. It's not bad. Yeah. But I am not a huge fan of them for September because they're of their design and that sort of thing. So maybe we'll, we'll dive into why that is. But I think a lot of guys, a ton of guys right now, you can listen to a backpacking podcast or go get backpacking advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they might get talked into a quilt, but they'll end up being really stinking cold <laughs> in the uh, in backcountry conditions. Yeah. How much lighter is it than a sleeping bag? Like, is it that much lighter? You know, at the, at the end of the day, not really, in my opinion. Um, the, the logic, this is not me, this is everyone says this, you know, that the EN rating of your sleeping bag, you always got to go 10 to 15 degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. For a quilt, there's also an EN rating, but you all, it's widely known you need to go 20 to 25 degrees warmer. So basically a 10 degree quilt equals a 20 degree sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what people do is they compare apples to oranges. They'll be like, oh, a 20 degree quilt and a 20 degree sleeping bag, the quilt's lighter. Um, oh. So you really need to compare the other one. And then guys, you know, between the attachments and the extra clothing they're wearing, they're just kind of balancing the scale. So that's at extreme temps. If you're at pretty warm temps, like stuff like a 30 or 40 degree, which is all you'd really need in July, then you can save some serious weight with the quilt. But when it gets down oh, really? to that 10 to 20 degree, I don't think there's much of a weight savings. Okay. By serious weight during the summer, do you mean like the quilt would be maybe half the weight of a sleeping bag? No, it's more like six ounces, six ounces okay. to a pound, if that. Um, but to ultralight backpackers, that's serious weight. Uh, gotcha. It's hunters, you know, it's not... Not as much. I'm not trying to down talk quilts like plenty of guys do use them for mm-hmm. elk season, but I would, you'd have to be really experienced in the backcountry, like really yeah. experienced to know it. Um, or wear good. like all your layers or something. Right? Yeah. And so actually, we should probably define what the heck a quilt is. We're just talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think most guys have this image in their mind of a quilt, which is like this flat blanket you spread out over you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that's kind of the design, but really what it is, is it's like a sleeping bag without a zipper. So the foot area is usually like slightly enclosed, but then it spreads out in this giant V, like a blanket above you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked, and we will talk a little bit about insulation types and the, the insulation on the bottom of your sleeping bag, you're always crushing it right when you're laying on it. Yeah. So it doesn't really insulate you at all because it can't trap any air. So the idea of a quilt is there's nothing there below you. The idea is you're already going to be using a sleeping pad. So all you've got is the insulation on the top side of you to the sleeping pad. And there's no mm-hmm. zipper. It just comes up to your chest or your neck. There's no hood. So no hood, no zipper, and totally open. Now, a lot of guys are like, holy moly, that's crazy. Totally open. Isn't that drafty? And the answer is yes. But they've also come up with a lot of systems that are really good at holding that thing on your sleeping pad. So it basically, it tries to seal the air as best as possible around the sleeping pad, but there's nothing between your body and the sleeping pad on the bottom. Whoa, how do they do that? Like giant rubber bands or something? Basically, yeah. <laughs> basically giant rubber oh, really? bands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and no matter what you do, it's always going to be a little drafty, right? If you're, the air outside is 40 degrees and you're at 90 and your body's at, what is it, 98? It's not that big of a difference. If the air is at 10 and 90, bigger mm-hmm. difference, right? Um, but you see, that's the general design of them. And since you don't have the zipper, you don't have the, uh, the hood, 
and you're kind of missing a lot of that material on the back, that's where the weight savings come from, right? Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. And they also can be a little bit cheaper uh, because there's less stuff there. But honestly, if you're getting like, again, apples to apples, two really good brands, I don't, I don't see much, maybe 50 bucks you'll save Okay, uh, between the two. Yeah, I do remember um, last weekend I went turkey hunting. It was a lot warmer than any other weekend. And I, I didn't sleep in my sleeping bag. I just opened up the whole zipper and laid it on top of me. So that it's kind of the idea of using a quilt. Totally, yeah. And you can kind of convert a sleeping bag into one if it's got a full-length zipper. You just literally do exactly what you did. You zip it down and you flip it over. I mean, obviously, you can't get rid of the material and the weight, but that's, mm-hmm. uh, it's basically the same, the same thing. Um, the downsides, you know, the other downsides of quilts is they're pretty, they can be a little harder to use or you got to know how to attach them to your pad. You got to do X or Y. Again, another reason I'm recommending it for people that are really comfortable in the back country. Sleeping mm-hmm. bag's pretty intuitive. You pull it out, you zip it up, you get in it. Right. Uh, and then you know, they can be a little less restrictive. Some people really hate the feeling of being in a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of have a little more room to zip around. Granted, a little more room equals more air equals a little colder because you got to heat that up but that's it and that's the other important thing to know about quilts guys like you're they're designs that you have to wear your clothes on your upper body and your head right because they don't have a hood they don't come up past your shoulders sometimes so you've got to be wearing your your clothing Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why the ratings for those things are so hard to nail down is because they're assuming you're wearing really warm clothing x already right right do they test quilts and sleeping bags the same way they're different standards. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, they are. And that's why there's that, you know, plus 10 for sleeping bags, plus 20 for quilts. Right. Um, but the thing, that's another reason I'm not a huge fan of them in September is that you don't really have anything in reserve. You know, if you're already planning on wearing your clothes for the quilt, then you can't really run out and add more clothes. Makes sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's... Anyway, I'm coming across as really negative on quilts. I still use a quilt. I love them in the summer. They're great. And I don't like, there's plenty of guys that can use them in September. But really, I think for the 90% of guys, the sleeping bag is a much better option because uh, it's more efficient. You can, it's warmer, um, which is really important when it gets freezing out there. Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, it's always an individual situation. I'm more than happy to talk to guys or whatever, but, uh, that's my take and i really don't want to the worst possible thing would be to push guys that are inexperienced towards quilts because they hear like weight savings and all this other stuff and then they have Mm -hmm. a miserable miserable night's sleep like that's the purpose of purpose of your sleep system is to be warm and comfortable and sleep well and so if you save six ounces and completely defeat that you've (laughs) like you've shot yourself in the foot right yeah yeah a miserable night of sleep is a long night (laughs) yes (laughs) it just sucks (laughs) yep Totally. Um, all right. Maybe we talk the other one that's really important. There's there's two or three other things, but another big one, which is down versus synthetic. So did you did you ever check this out, or did they kind of just put you into a down sleeping bag? Um, I haven't really I haven't really researched it um, much. I'm actually not even sure if the REI magma is down or I think it's down. It's down. Yeah. yeah. Most yeah. vast majority of sleeping bags are, and uh, for really good reason. But guys get confused by this. Uh, so the real trade-off between synthetic materials and down is that down does not insulate when it's wet, right? Mm-hmm. So if it gets wet, it's well, no, no help to you at all. Um, and so guys that are hunting, rightfully so, are like, oh man, I, I might get wet. There's a lot going on. And so they sometimes get talked into synthetic stuff because synthetic does insulate when it's wet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always when I say insulates when wet, whether it's with synthetic or treated down or all these things, like people have to remember that doesn't mean it's giving you 100% warmth, right? That just means like if, if it's giving you 100% warmth when it's dry, it might give you 50 or 70% warmth, right? So right, still, it's not zero. It's not zero. So you really want to keep that thing dry, even if it works, quote unquote, in the wet. Uh, that's the yeah. same with clothing. That's the same with all this stuff. Like it doesn't, there's no magical bullet where insulation works as well when it's wet as it's when it's dry. You just got to always keep mm-hmm. stuff dry. Um which is why I'm a big fan of down, but we'll get back to that in a sec. So other than, uh, other than water resistance, synthetic is also dirt cheap, right? Cause it's man-made stuff. Um, you don't have to go get it off an animal. Uh, and so the real benefits of synthetic are that it can be like a $50 sleeping bag 
and it works when it's wet. And so if you're in Alaska or New Zealand, somewhere where it's insanely wet all the time, super humid, like synthetic can be the way to go. Hmm. But for the vast majority of things, it's not really a great option because it's incredibly heavy for the warmth. Um, it also takes up a ton of space. It really doesn't pack down well. Uh-huh. And then the biggest one that guys don't realize, and this is, this is my one message on this stuff, is that synthetic will only last kind of three to five years at the same oh, really? rating. And down will last 20 to 30 years. Why is that? Yeah, so what happens is all the, you know, when it, with all these things, again, it's all about trapping air. So it's these thousands of little fibers that expand. And the more expansion they create, the more air they trap, right? Mm-hmm. But if those little fibers break, they no longer have the pressure to push stuff up and to expand. Mm-hmm. And synthetic materials are much less durable and elastic than natural materials. It's pretty incredible, really. But if you, as you compress them, they, they stay compressed. They snap, you snap all those individual fibers over time. They break. They start compressing down and down and down and down. And so they loft, which is create that space less and less and less. And synthetic materials just do that really easily. They break very easily at that ultra oh, wow. diameter. Yeah. Because they're plastic, That's right? They're just ultra yeah. thin strands of plastic uh, versus like myelin or proteins um, with down. So, mm-hmm. and that also applies to, to clothes. Guys don't really think about that for, for your gear, but uh, a synthetic jacket, like five plus years down the road will not be as warm as it was when you first bought it. Oh, really? But it probably will last a little longer than the sleeping bag because you're not compressing it as much, right? Yeah, that's spot on. Yeah, but I have like an Arc'teryx jacket that's about eight or 10 years old that uh, mm-hmm. that's was phenomenal synthetic one and it's now legitimately 10 or 15 degrees colder. <laughs> wow, yeah, crazy. You keep, keep washing it and you throw it under your bag and you compress it. Um, yeah, this isn't good for OCD folks, but yeah, if you have sleeping bags and jackets anything that's synthetic insulation you really don't want to just stuff it in something for a long period of time yeah it'll crack and break the insulation but so that's one of the biggest differences and down is literally the inverse of that and so what a lot of guys are really confused as to what down is down isn't feathers right it's a type of feather but it isn't like the feather you see on the outside of the bird mm-hmm. it's actually like the ultra ultra fine insulating fibers that are between the feathers so oh, got a, whoa. yeah, like a picture of a down cluster on the article up on the site. Um, but there are these really weird fluff ball looking things. Uh, and what's so great about down is it's insanely warm uh, for the weight, right? Like it's warmth to weight ratio is off the charts. So it's really, really compressible. Mm-hmm. It's really, really small and it's ultra light for how warm it is. And uh, we already talked about longevity, right? It lasts like 20, 20, 30 years for a good sleeping bag. So that's a really good message for guys and like great news for you that just bought the magma. Like that thing will literally last 25, 30 years. Yeah. And I think if I remember correctly, you once mentioned that you could even get them refilled or something like that with new down material. It depends on the company. Um, I don't think REI does that, but uh, the feathered friends one that I recommend and own, they'll literally, yeah, they'll refill it for the rest of time, which is really cool. For free or you have to pay. Yeah. But they'll, oh, but it's far cheaper, you know, it'd be like a hundred bucks, yeah. 500 for a new bag or something like that. Right. It's basically like refurbishing the bag completely. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. It's totally refurbishing it. Yeah. So that's, that's down versus synthetic, you know, get a 10 degree, 10 to 15 degree bag. I always recommend down. The reason being is it's really, it's pretty easy to keep it dry. Okay. Right? Like you have to, you have to make sure it, it stays dry, but I'm, I'm a big recommender of uh, waterproof stuff sacks for things. Mm-hmm. They're like 20 bucks. There's a Sea to Summit one up on the site um, that I use, and they, they keep your waterproof, your bag totally waterproof while it's in your backpack. So, say there's a nice. downpour, you don't have to worry about it. Um, you can always just use a trash bag or wrap it in your rain layer too. Mm-hmm. Like just keeping it dry, but it's generally not pr- that hard to keep your sleeping bag dry, right? Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask that question. That was going to be my next question. It's like, how hard is it to keep dry and what, what's the risk? But I yep. guess that waterproof stuff sack would really take care of that. Yeah. And it's, if you're, again, it goes back to your shelter a little bit too, right? Uh, these things all blend. And if you're, if you're using a tarp or something that's pretty open to the environment where you can mm-hmm. get wet, we talked about this last time, like your sleeping bag you know, you might not want to use a down sleeping bag, right? Because it can get soaked and then you're not insulated. So 
the irony is you might use a synthetic sleeping bag, which means you save weight on the tarp, but you're heavier on the sleeping bag. So, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, if the more comfortable you are in the backcountry, the more experience you have, like you can push boundaries. And I know guys that sleep with nothing and just use down sleeping bags and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, you better have like a slightly waterproof coating for all the, uh, the moisture in the morning. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, so if you got a rain fly and, and that kind of setup, then you're totally fine with the down sleeping bag. Totally fine. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot lighter. Um, it's not, you know, it's going to be a little more expensive, but again, if you're making an investment for 20, 25 years and the other thing about temp, like it's pretty easy to, to go back. Like you notice with turkey hunting where it's pretty warm. Like if it's a 10 degree sleeping bag, it'll still work fine at 40, 50 degrees. Mm-hmm. Just open it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not much downside other than a little more weight than you need. Um, so you can buy one sleeping bag for the entire year as a hunter. You'll get that 10 or 15 degree guy and that'll work for the rest of the year as well. Awesome. Yeah. I'm feeling really good about my investment. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the, uh, the other thing, the other thing on down that actually is really important is fill power. Uh, I'm getting pretty nerdy on this, but like I said, down is feathers, right? And it's not every, it's like a, var- a variant of a feather and not everything is the same. And so they actually grade down, uh, like they, they filter it and rate it. And the way they rate it is by fill power. And this is actually pretty cool. Um, so the way they grade fill power is the area that one ounce of down occupies. Hmm, okay. Um, so for example, 600 fill down is a single ounce of that down takes up 600 cubic inches, right? Oh, wow. Okay. And then on the extreme example, the highest quality stuff you're going to find is around 950. So mm-hmm. that same, both of them weigh an ounce, but that 950 takes up, you know, one and a half times as much space as the 600. Oh. And that's a really, really good thing, right? Because that, that space is loft, it's warmth, right? Yeah. And it's, oh, I see. Okay. So yeah, fill, that's why they call it fill power, I guess. It makes yep. it, it's more powerful. More powerful, right? And even better it compresses easier. So the more it fills oh, up, the easier it is to compress down, right? Because there's still both only an ounce of the down. And if you have something that takes up a massive amount of space, it's a lot easier for it to give up that space. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah. So that down fill power on a bag, um, it's really cost, right? It's super expensive for higher fill stuff, but that's really what you get when you pay for a sleeping bag is your sleeping bags are borderline commodity items, right? It's just, it's fabric with feathers in it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But when you, you know, if you buy a super high end bag, you're going to get that 950 fill power stuff with ultra light materials that are made really, really well. Yeah. Um, and so I think the, uh, I think your magma is 850, which is really That's good. good. Yeah. 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 It's solid stuff. Like your standard baseline stuff is like 600 fill. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of like a blend of, a blend of uh, duck feathers, really. It's almost always duck. And 600 to 650 is the higher end duck stuff. They filter out a lot more of the bigger feathers. The 750 to 850 starts to become like this duck goose blend or it's Whoa. like gray geese. Mm-hmm. And then the 950 almost exclusively comes from white geese in like Eastern Europe. Um, Whoa. It's pretty <laughs> fascinating, right? Figure that out. Yeah. yeah, but it's pretty fascinating that. Um, and there's this down standard you can track where your down came from. And there's all these cool things you can do with it, but it's, I just find it amazing that nature, nature has made something so much better than wherever, ever possibly could make it with synthetic materials. Right. Yeah. That is crazy with all the human engineering. It's still, it's this freaking Eastern white geese that still has like the biggest fill power and lightest. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, you throw that thing under a microscope and there's just, thousands of these tiny little filaments it's pretty cool stuff so that's what you get when you pay for a really nice sleeping bag right it's super high fill power um down which is crazy you should see the see the feathered friends one i've got now i love it that thing uh but it's it'll like go from just giant and fluffy down to like the tiniest little you know like double nalgene bottle in your backpack it's pretty cool nice yeah yeah fun yeah um Let's see. Last thing that's critical, and then we can talk about a bunch of the other little details, but is your sleeping pad, right? And so mm-hmm. this is another message that guys really, really need to know um, is that your sleep, you can have the warmest sleeping bag on earth, but like I talked about, you crush all the insulation at the bottom because of your weight. So there's no air there. 
So if your sleeping pad is not insulated, you're basically, you have one half of your sleeping bag that's freezing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All like from the bottom, you're just getting frozen. And from the top, you're getting heated, but you're getting you're literally getting cold. Frozen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you the R value of your sleeping bag is, or sleeping pad is really important. And we'll do another gear guide on sleeping pads one day, but we'll keep this high level. It actually, it wasn't standardized until 2020. So everyone that's listening to this is really, really lucky. So oh, wow. our value, which is the insulating ability of your sleeping pad, is now standardized across the industry, which is really cool. Because um, everybody used to claim these crazy numbers, and they were lies for certain companies. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, if you've got a sleeping pad, you want at least a 3.5 R value for September hunts. You know, 5 plus R value for October, November. I use a 6.9 R value year-round, like a winter pad. Uh, cause there's really like, even in the hottest part of summer, I'm still using the same pad. There's not much downside to having a sleeping pad. That's too insulated because gotcha. unlike the sleeping bag, it's pretty easy to get away from it. Right. So, yeah, I just looked mine up. Mine is a 3.5. So barely, barely just squeaking making it in, in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and it's part, you know, again, it's part of the system. That's why they call it stuff sleep systems, right? Your tent, your sleeping pad and your bag all work together. So if you've got a double wall tent, then you can probably go with a slightly lighter version of the bag or the, you know, the sleeping pad, right. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, for you, you've got a double walled tent, you've got, you know, right on the edge sleeping pad and then like a, you know, a decent sleeping bag, you'll be fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you were had to give up warmth because of maybe cost or something on the sleeping bag or the sleeping pad, which one would you give up? Um, you, you won't give up warmth on the sleeping bag because mm-hmm. you can get, that's another good message for guys that a 20 degree bag that's synthetic and costs $40 is just as warm as a $600, 950 fill down bag. that's 20 degrees, right? They have the same temp ratings. They're both just as warm. Oh. It's just that one is a ton more weight in space. Oh, okay. Right. So fortunately you don't have to give up warmth there, but yeah. I would not skimp, do not skimp on uh, sleeping pad R value. Cause a lot of guys, the more the insulated versions always cost more. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, oh, man, this is two or three. That'll be fine. Like, honestly, if I'm giving you a personal recommendation, I'd say get at least like a four or a five, right? Yeah. No, I'm not trying to scare you, Josh, but like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you do not want to skimp on that. So don't save a few bucks there. That's not, okay. I would buy a, I would buy like a lower quality sleeping bag with the same temp rating mm-hmm. and get a higher R value sleeping pad. I think, yeah, that makes so much sense because no matter what, you're going to be flattening the bottom part of your sleeping bag, whether it's down or synthetic. And then if that bottom is freezing you, you're no matter what, you're going to be cold. <laughs> yes. Oh, totally. And that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the argument that quilt guys use, right? It's why do you have anything there? But we already talked about the drawbacks there too. So yeah. Um, again, it's all personal. Like there's, I know plenty of guys that use all sorts of things. And that's really, really important too, is like, don't just listen to with this advice for you, Josh, and for guys listening to the podcast, I'm really taking a mainstream approach where I'm confident 80% of people that hear this are going to have a good experience, 80 or 90%. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of guys out there that don't think that way and are just like, this is what works for me. Mm-hmm. And like that guy might sleep warm. He might have a different shelter than you. He might have a very different sleeping pad insulation. And so if he's telling you this sleeping bag works, he's not telling you those other three things. Right. Right. Or this quilt works. Um, and so just be really, really cautious with this stuff and don't, you know, march your own drumbeat here because mm-hmm. you, you know, feeling cool, but spending seven nights freezing to death up in elk season is, it's a pretty miserable trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's a really good point. I think, you know, we are probably some of the nerdiest hunters that you will ever listen to on a podcast. That's fair. But I'm. I mean, the goal here is to give people enough education and knowledge so that they can make the best and most informed decision for themselves rather than mm-hmm. like listening to some guy's tip that is that he's figured out for himself, but he may not even know why the factors are uh, that affected his decision. Totally. Um, so yeah, yeah, this is this is really good stuff. I think it'll uncover a lot of that for people. Yeah, and this is a lot of guys are like, I just am cold at night or this is happening and why? And now they can go back and look and be like, oh yeah, it's because like I don't have a good pad or oh yeah, I'm have a, I have a 20 degree bag, but actually that's only good down to 30 and it's 15 degrees out, right? So they right. Kinda, the pieces will click mm-hmm. in their brain when they hear some of this stuff. So yeah, we're, like you said, we get into the details, but I, yeah, I think we're really, 
I hope we're helping guys. I'm helping you. I know, but uh, I hope we're helping the guys that are listening. So, yeah. um, but those are kind of all my super critical things The things I'm like, you got to know these, um, mm-hmm. you know, we can hit some of the other ones like sleeping bag fit, for example, you know, most mainstream ones have a standardized fit, but, uh, the high end ones actually, they actually have different widths mm-hmm. because the narrower your sleeping bag is the less air is in it. And so the warmer it will be. So you can actually get ultra narrow sleeping bags that have like two thirds the amount of down and they're just as warm as one that's wide. Oh, interesting. Because, because there's less air to have to heat up. Less air to heat up. And so that's one of the other benefits of getting a really high-end sleeping bag is you can get one that fits your shoulder width. But there's also the other uh-huh. side of that argument, which is some guys are uh, some guys are super large, like they're six foot six or they're, mm-hmm. they're a little bit overweight and they need a little bit of extra room. And if you're in a sleeping bag that's too tight and you're that means you're compressing the down, right? Like you're pushing against oh, the wall of that see. sleeping bag, compressing the down, and now you're cold. Yeah, yeah. Right. And also you're probably a little bit claustrophobic in there if you're actually adding pressure to the bag. Yeah, exactly. I would, I would be at least. <laughs> yeah. And for the ladies out there, there's different cuts. You know, honestly, you can really use men's sleeping bags. Um, but the ladies' cuts generally have a little wider hips mm-hmm. and narrower shoulders. But you know, my wife uses a standard men's bag. And since it's so puffy too, she doesn't really notice. <laughs> right. But you definitely want to get a narrow one, especially if you're if you're um a smaller, smaller figured woman. Um, the other thing about fit is length. So the another important, important piece of advice is like, do not push the boundaries there. So if it says like the regular goes up to five eleven, and you're like five eleven on the dot or six Oh, you do not mm-hmm. want to get the regular. Mm-hmm. Cause again, what happens is you start to compress the down at the bottom and the top of the back. Ah, right. Yeah. And that's one of my biggest tips too, is get a little bit of a longer sleeping bag mm-hmm. because that, that area at the bottom allows you to put that water filter you know, you can't let freeze overnight in a Ziploc down at the bottom. It lets you keep your electronics, your batteries, your phone, things that mm-hmm. have lithium batteries that'll get killed if they stay outside. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even a Nalgene bottle filled with warm water. If you always have cold toes, mm-hmm. some of your clothes, right? Clothes you don't want to put on that are freezing in the morning. Clothes you want to keep warm. Like a few yeah. extra inches in a bag is always a good idea. Um, so yeah. definitely don't push that boundary. Yeah, I definitely got, and I, I just checked out the REI Magma 15. I think they don't have width options for the sleeping bag, but they do have a regular versus a long and I'm pretty tall. So I got the long, yep. um, but yeah, that extra space is awesome. I have done that trick where you boil water, put in an Nalgene and then put it at the bottom of the sleeping bag and man, that is nice. Yeah. Oh, that's super. That's a, that's a winter camping trick, right? Mm-hmm. Almost, even if you're a warm sleeper in the middle of winter, you got to that's pretty much a, a go-to unless you've got like a negative 10 or 20 degree bag, which I do yeah. have. They're phenomenal, by the way. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, I've never even seen one. Yeah, that They're, thing must be puffy. <laughs> oh, when I'm out chucker hunting uh, or I go to ski resorts, not really anymore with the missus, but uh, I'd sleep in the parking lot of ski resorts. Uh-huh. In your I'm truck, that, right? I'm that guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I'd be in there with a negative 20 degree, I think it's 20 or 25 degree sleeping bag and I'm yeah. toasty as a little bunny. I'm happy. <laughs> like you're, you know, it's it's literally zero degrees out and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, life is good. Um, so it's pretty incredible what you can do with a truly intense sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Um, fabric, a lot of guys freak out about the thinness of the fabric on bags, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's more important to know that like, you got to really be gentle with these things. Okay. Like just don't hang it over a limb. Cause like I'll have a sharp piece and it'll tear it. Don't yeah. hop in there with all your hunting clothes on, you know, with your knife hanging out your pocket, your sharp edges of your boots. Like they just, it's impossible for someone to make a super durable sleeping bag. Cause the other thing is that the fabric weight again, kills loft. So if oh. fabric is super, super heavy and thick it weighs down on the fibers in the synthetic or the down insulation, which stops them from expanding. Which I kills see. loft and kills warmth. Right. Yeah. No wonder it feels so thin. Like the, some, my zipper got caught in the bag a little bit when I was mm-hmm. pulling it up and I was like, Oh no, is it going to rip? Like yeah. it feels just very thin. Yeah. Um, a good, a good tip for that. If you ever do get a zipper caught is always grab the fabric beside it and pull to the side with the fabric. Don't pull up or down, just pull it gently to the side. And while you're pulling it to the side, kind of rock the zipper up and down. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. So you're slowly releasing it out 
Yes. Yeah. You, what you don't want to do is like try to push or pull that zipper up or down to get it out of there. Cause that'll okay. a, just suck more fabric into it and B it might tear it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's, That's a really great tip. Yeah. And you'll figure out there's pretty easy ways to just put your fingers in there while you're zipping it up. That'll stop it from ever catching, but yeah. And doing it in a slow way. I was, I think I was just going too quick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So that fabric, it always has to be the best stuff is always super thin, like 10 denier seven mm-hmm. denier even to let that stuff loft up. So you just, just treat it well, right? Like that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you treat that. Um, oh, the earth's changing pillow. Josh and I have both experienced this, but uh, man, for guys that want to sleep well with sleep systems at night, like I am a huge proponent of the pillow. It's like Dude. in my, my situation, I'm a side sleeper. So mm-hmm. oh, I spent so many nights trying to stuff jackets into a bag or like put my backpack there and like the other thing by the way is if you use a jacket for a pillow you can't wear it so mm-hmm. <laughs> get a little colder but like oh when i got it's a i think it's a sea to summit eros but i got that little two ounce pillow that thing is a game changer yeah uh, i think you guys slept yeah i slept without a pillow i've i've slept without a pillow until this turkey season so for the last whatever, 10 years of camping and then a few years of backpacking. Yeah. Never used one. I don't know why. I just, I was just like, I was put my jacket, stuff it into the hood. Perfect pillow. But man, this, this seat is summon pillow makes a huge difference. Huge difference. I should have like, got it way longer ago. Yeah. And that's one of those areas, like two ounces. I'll carry that every day. Yeah. All it packs day. so small too. It's yeah. tiny. It's smaller than a soda can. Yeah. But like Mike, the quality of my sleep, I used to wake up 10, 20 times during a night. I probably wake up only like three, four times during a night now. With yeah. That thing. Oh, it's so good. And even yeah. risking like one day of a sore neck, like that's just oh, terrible. Every time so you turn terrible. left, you just feel like a pencil in your neck. Yep. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty easy for guys to, uh, to test this one too. Like I don't want guys to go out and buy something or use something they don't need. So a really good way mm-hmm. to test this is just don't sleep with a pillow tonight in your bed. Right? Like, <laughs> it's that simple like because there's back sleepers there's guys that are back sleepers right and mm-hmm. you don't really need pillows per se because like yeah I, i'm actually a back sleeper but I, I i don't know i guess i'm just used to the pillow i, I oh, do yeah. like it a lot yeah yeah totally so i'd, I'd say for the majority of guys a pillow is gonna make you sleep a hell of a lot better but i don't want to mm-hmm. force it on everybody but so yeah but it, like i said super easy just don't sleep with a pillow tonight and if it drives you nuts like you probably want a pillow for <laughs> for uh for your elk backpacking trip here true um we already talked stuff sacks i'm just kind of going down the list here shelter type we already kind of talked talked about that you did my stuff sack rack is that see the summit ultra sill dry sack that thing is oh so you so that thing is it's not necessarily a like a dedicated stuff stack for sleeping bags it's a dry bag right it can be either it's uh it just depends on how you size it and that's actually one of my great tips too is always oversize it a bit you know, you're, if you go look at your sleeping bag, the magma, they'll say compressed volume is eight liters. Mm-hmm. So you could go get the eight, the eight or nine liter or whatever it is stuff sack from those guys. But I would always go up like an extra, you know, three to five liters because mm-hmm. you can stuff other stuff in there. Right. Yeah. So if you have a down jacket, that can't get wet or you have just oh. any sort of clothing that even if it can get wet, you don't want it to mm-hmm. or electronics. Like if it's starting to rain really hard, you can, open up your sleeping bag stuff sack, stick them all in there, clip it up. And then, you know, for sure, those things are not going to get wet. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Yeah. So I always oversize it a little bit. Um, yeah. And you can, Would you it recommend- doesn't matter if it's oversized, you can still push down on it and compress it and seal it. So it's not like it takes up all that volume. Yeah. Would you recommend getting multiple dry bags? I know this is not really the topic of sleeping systems, but not really. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't, Again, I don't even carry rain gear when I'm out most of September. Um, I'll just pull out the rain fly if it starts raining really hard because that storm is going to pass in a few hours. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So you just set up in a dry area, put it up, and then just yeah, or just sit somewhere. And then the reason wait, I've wait got the, the bag in there is that like even in that, like the bag might get wet, right? Mm-hmm. It might soak through. You might drop your backpack in a stream. You might set it down in a meadow where it's super wet and that water seeps through. There's a lot of things that can happen. Yeah can't control and like i don't want to hike back out so it's just a hundred percent peace of mind that i know it's always going to be dry gotcha yeah. gotcha okay but again that's me being you know my bias right which is carry a little extra weight just to be sure and that's even after 25 30 years of backpacking i'm that way i've gone the other way trust me i went to the point where my pack was like 10 pounds all in that's crazy uh, <laughs> but that's for backpacking only right that's not for hunting mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
So there's a lot of compromise. It's always a compromise. Yeah. But I mean, you don't want to risk it, right? Especially with down, like if it gets wet, I mean, then you're basically screwed. So you definitely want to protect that, even if there's a small chance. And there's another thing that I, about down that we should hit that it's not, I don't put it in a critical category. Guys are always surprised by that, but it's waterproof down, Mm -hmm. right? So down waterproofing, you hear a lot of companies now they're like, oh, we have this treated down that, uh, you know, it's water resistant, right? They almost never will say waterproof. Um, the verdict is really still out on that stuff, right? It's relatively new and I'm pretty skeptical of it because the reason is they usually apply a DWR or durable water repellent coating like they put on the outside of your jacket. Mm -hmm. You know how your jackets when you first get them, they always bead water off and then over time it kind of goes away. Mm -hmm. It's the same with that down. Yeah, it's water resistant, but it's a plastic coating at the end of the day. And so you don't know what you don't know. Like, is it still working 100%? Is it not working since it's been five years? Like I'm not 100% sure. And betting your life in an extreme situation or your trip on it, not wetting out or getting totally clumped up, mm-hmm. I, I would never do that. <laughs> like, and also, um, I don't know, I'm skeptical because like, I'm looking at the picture of that microscopic down cluster. Mm-hmm. It looks like those fibers are so small. How do they put a coating on there without like ruining it yeah it's a nano vapor depositions they're literally putting yeah we're sorry you guys think i'm (laughs) geeking out with this podcast but trust me i can always up level it (laughs) they're basically putting micro microscopic um like uh, molecules of vapor in the air and those attract to the down they put like a negative charge on it and it sticks to the down so they can try to get it but your thought is spot on which is it'll never perfectly coat every little thing and if it did, it's also, by the way, going to be pretty dang heavy because there's a ton of surface mm-hmm. area there. It adds yeah. weight. It's also going to kill a little bit of loft because weight stops loft. We talked about that, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying waterproof down is bad, but I don't, I don't definitely don't seek it out. Um, and I definitely don't rely on it. Yeah. Like, okay. And so if you're not going to rely on it, why do you need it? Yeah. Uh, why, why waste the weight and also not... Yeah, uh, I kill the loft. Yeah, and it's if you go look at the top, top, you know, Western mountaineering feathered friends, like the the world's best sleeping bag makers, the ones that are the most expensive and just by far make the best stuff. Like none of them used treated down yet. Mm-hmm. Which I think Western mountaineering might have, but they're they kind of all recognize that, and mm-hmm. they they recognize the trade off, and they don't really want to do that. And they they also, you know, when they're when you're buying something like that, they want it to be a 20, 30 year investment, and they can't really say that with treated down. Yeah. So, but it's becoming, it's really becoming a fast marketed term because a lot of people that don't know just have a knee jerk reaction be like, oh, it solves the problems with down. Right. Uh, and so I do think it's going to take over the industry just because it's going to become a marketing thing. Oh, wow. Cause yeah, it eliminates the one con of down. Yeah. Or it theory. seems to. Yeah. In yeah. theory. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know what? I'm a, I love being proved wrong. I really do. Like, I have no ego here. Like, in 10 years, people might be like, dude, you're totally wrong. It's gotten to the point where it's great. But Mm -hmm. um, I do know I've done research and I know that a lot of companies are just using a DWR coding, which I know that will degrade within like a year or two years. So now some of them are not, not there. And until they're all there and they're all amazing, I'm not going to recommend it. Got it. Um, Cause like, I don't, again, I don't want to tell guys something that leads to a really bad trip. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked a bit about price. Like you're looking from like 50 to 600 bucks, depending on your bag you're buying. <laughs> That's big range. <laughs> big, big range. But again, there's like two schools of thought here. One is that this is, if you buy a good one, it's a 20 to 30 year investment, mm-hmm. right? Um, That's in my mind, buy once, cry once. I always love that. I don't have to think about it later. Unfortunately, I have a gear problem and I just buy things to try them, right? That's part of what mm-hmm. this whole thing is about. So Fortunately, I found some way to get my my hobby into a business. But um, the yeah, so that's one theory is just buy once, cry once. The other theory is like we talked about a twenty degree bag that's fifty bucks is just as warm as a twenty degree bag that's six hundred bucks. Yeah, so if you don't care care about carrying extra weight or volume, like go for it, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think a good strategy for a lot of guys you don't really know exactly what you want, right? Or you haven't tested it. And again, it all comes down to you testing it. And so if you go out there and you buy a $600 bag and you're like, oh man, I need a 10 degree warmer bag. (laughs) That's, that's getting real expensive, right? Yeah. It's not the end of the world to do what you did, which is buy like a cheaper bag. Um, something like your 
that Kelty's like in the low hundreds, right? It's an incredible deal. Yeah, I think I got it on. I think it retails a little higher um, at like one eighty or something. But I think I got it on Amazon probably for like one thirty, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I used it for about three years or so, and then I sold it to my brother. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and guys can go to the article, and we've got the links to them with the deals and stuff. But the the like getting that, and then you're like hundred percent confident that like a twenty degree bag works for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then you can go buy that expensive REI. Or, uh, or other bag and be like, cool, this is something I'll use for a long, long time. Yeah. But yeah, I still did spend the 130 where I, that I could have put that into the REI one, which was, I think it retails about 400, but I got like 30% off. So it was like, what does that put me at? Like 380, no, no, no 280 or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's practically half of that bag already. Oh yeah. Cost. And 280, oh my gosh, for 280, that bag is an unbelievable deal, which is why it's one of the wrecks mm-hmm. um, up there. And then and we'll talk Rex here in a second. I'm trying to close out anything else for guys. It's important. Oh yeah. Things that really don't matter. Like just do not matter at all. Color. We've talked about color a ton. Like color is always the thing that doesn't matter. <laughs> like no, no elk is going to see your sleeping bag if you're doing it right. Um, but honestly, a super bright color is not a bad thing. If you get in an emergency situation, you have to just bivy out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not a bad deal. Uh, zipper direction. Everybody gets caught up on this. Like, do I need a left or right-handed zipper? I'm right-handed. I'm left-handed. You don't, it doesn't matter at all, man. Um, the only reason they specify that is that, uh, couples sometimes like to zip their sleeping bags together. Oh, whoa. Do you do that with all sleeping bags or only some? It has to be the same brand with the same length zipper, the same uh, zipper type. There's different types of teeth on zippers, like a YKK number five. So you'd have to have the exact same zipper on both bags and you have to have the zipper on the left on one bag and the right on the other bag. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, yeah, I never heard of anybody zipping them together. That's pretty interesting. And and we have that, um, it's kind of a gimmick. Like if you're out there, you're sweaty, you're nasty, like you're both cold. You don't really want to like, you roll a lot during the night. Like it's yeah. never had a good experience with that. My wife and I've tried it a yeah. few times. We're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. So don't worry about that unless you're trying to, trying to do that. But yeah. Okay. Just doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, and so that's really it. I think that's all the, like the tactical stuff. Um, let's talk, maybe we talk wrecks and we talk tips, tips and tricks for guys that already have a bag. Cause there's a yeah, lot okay, of little cool. things to do. We already hit hit that Kelty, which is a phenomenal one. Um, the cosmic Kelty cosmic. Yeah, yeah. And I've stopped. Uh, I think I'm going to stop like putting the exact stuff up on the podcast because like okay. it might change, and I'll be changing the links in the article. Yeah, uh, so we can just send guys there and they can look. But yeah, the Kelty okay. is the middle one. The REI one, um, mm-hmm. the Magma is phenomenal because you can get it on the discount. You know, yeah, always they always have a thirty percent off sale summer anniversary sale whatever it is so that's yeah cool. just keep an eye on it it'll it'll come yeah but an 850 fill down bag with like super high-end pertex material like mm-hmm. i said they're almost commodities so they've got two of the highest end things and it ends up being about 300 bucks with that discount oh man yeah phenomenal yeah for a 20 to 30 year investment i'm so happy about that one yeah that's such a such a good one i actually had one of those before but back when they they had it they had it at like a it was the magma 22 mm-hmm. so it was seven degrees colder and it just didn't quite cut it um, gotcha. they've, they've moved it to the 15. So now it's perfect for guys. Yeah. But uh, you have all my gear. That's probably the gear that's going to last the longest besides like the bow and the gun. Oh yeah. No, that'll outlast the bow. Probably won't last. The oh gun, yeah. But it'll, Dang. yeah, that thing will last forever. I have a, so this isn't me blowing smoke and being 20 to 30 years. Like I have an REI sleeping bag we bought in 1992. Wow. That's, uh, that's down and has, uh, uh, I think it's like 600, 650 fill. I still use that mm-hmm. thing like probably 20 nights a year in my truck and it's super warm. It's, I love that thing. So it's, that's, what is that? Wow. That's almost 30 years. That's, Man, that's uh, sleeping bags older than me. It is <laughs> actually, you know, it probably was 96, 98. Okay. So it's so probably only about, minute. only about 22, 24 years old. Still pretty old, <laughs> which is crazy, but yeah. um, it works just fine. So I'm not blowing smoke. They, they'll last forever. Mm-hmm. And then my best rack, the one that I've used that's unbelievable for the price, um, even though it's super expensive, is the Feathered Friends Swallow. Um, so they've got like a trillion different models. I've got links again. But the thing about the, the Feathered Friends ratings is they don't use the EN standard. Mm-hmm. They use their own standards. Uh, and they actually are far warmer 
than the EN standard. So there, oh, they basically nice. said, we understand that everybody's always lying to you. It's 10 degrees off and we're not going to lie to you. Oh, wow. So a 20 degree bag from them is a 20 degree bag. Okay. Um, it's the equivalent of like a 10 degree bag that's EN rated. That makes yeah. sense. And mm-hmm. so those things are just crazy. They're 950 plus fill. Um, they're really, really well made. And they like we talked about, they'll actually fill it for you 15 years down the road if you want. Um, and they also have the wide or narrow versions. They're just like, if you want the creme to the creme, that's, that's it. Like I've, yeah. I've, that's been the best investment I've made for backpacking in years. That thing is nice bomb. So we got a link up to those, um, there cool. too. So that kind of covers the spectrum, right? The best, of the best, the one that's best bang per buck, the best value, like value in my mind, everyone thinks, oh, is it the cheapest? No value is like, you get the most for your dollar. And I think yeah. that magma you've got is by like, there's no sleeping bag on the planet that's a better value than that thing. Dang. Um, and then the Kelty, if you're just trying to go budget, it's a really good mm-hmm. go. Cool. Uh, so yeah, wrap it up with some tips and tricks. Um, we talked a little bit about compressing the bags. You really, really, really do not want to store your bag compressed. Right? Yeah. You're going to break those fibers. So like get it, get it out of that little stuff sack as soon as you can. Um, mm-hmm. Always store it in that little bag they give you. You know, you'll notice even at REI, they, they store a lot of them hanging because yeah. that's even better than the big bag, but um, you don't have to get that anal. Um, just make sure you store it in that giant stack because if you leave it in that little tiny compression sack for, you know, a season or something, it could ruin the bag. Oh, wow. Okay. Even a down bag, it'll ruin the, that down? You know, I've, we've, my dad did that with one of them, I think. I remember going up there and it was uh, using it. And it's, it's not ruined, but it's definitely a little colder. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like it's definitely a little, little chillier. Uh, cause mm-hmm. you've, you've compressed a lot of the fibers forever. Yeah. Um, that also applies to when you're setting up at night, right? You really want to pull your sleeping bag out at least 30 minutes, hour before you go to bed mm-hmm. if possible, because those fibers take a long time to expand, right? They're not super, they're super thin, right? They're not super strong. So it takes them a while to kind of uh, push out and create that loft. And mm-hmm. so if you open a sleeping bag up, jump right in it, you stop them from uh, opening up and you kind of compress them right away. Yeah. And so your bag, if you pull it out an hour or two before you go to bed, it'll be mm-hmm. way, way, way warmer when you go to bed than if you didn't. Yeah. So if, when you do find your campsite or the place you're going to set up camp for the night, um, once you set up your tent and sleeping pad, you would recommend just taking the bag out immediately, getting it set up even before cooking dinner or getting a fire going or anything like that. Totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And we, you know, kind of miss continuous baffles, but the, the baffles are the little pockets they put all the insulation in, right? Mm-hmm. But the high-end bags, almost all of them are made with something called continuous baffles, which it's that little ribbed thing runs around you like a belt, right? From the back to the front. Yeah. Um, and those are, those are there for a reason. You know, we talked about you can press the stuff under you. Well, you can kind of shove the down around the bag to the top. Mm-hmm. And that'll make it way warmer, right? Because all the down insulation is where it won't be compressed. Yeah. And the inverse is true as well. So if it's super hot night, you can shove all that insulation back down around underneath you Mm -hmm. and it'll cool down the sleeping bag. So it's a really cool feature that you can actually uh, like just totally temperature regulate the sleeping bag, right? Yeah, manually. <laughs> yeah, manually. Um, and most guys are going to just, you know, open it up. But it's it's really important for super cold nights because you can shove all that insulation on the top. Nice. That's another good tip. Yeah. Yeah. So open it up, shove the insulation in the right place, let it just expand. Um, you know, wearing more layers. I actually, the way I, I, you know, a lot of guys do have this thing where they fall asleep and they're they're like too cold. They wake up and then they're too hot. They kind of go back and forth between the two. Mm-hmm. right um i almost always wear a jacket to bed anyway yeah because i also can shove my you know my batteries and my phone in there so the batteries don't die overnight yeah i'll just go to bed with the sleeping bag halfway like waist high and that way i fall asleep i wake up if i'm a little bit of cold a little bit cold i flip it over my head and then i go back to sleep and that's it i wake up once during the night right oh yeah i remember you telling me this so you zip it down about halfway yeah, and then you've got an extra warm layer at the top of your body. So if you do zip it up, then you're ultra toasty because it always, you know, yeah. four to six a.m. period is just freezing, right? right so you right. start the night with a little airflow, and then you, when you do uh, flip up, flip it up in the morning, it adds a ton of warmth because you're already wearing mm-hmm. a jacket. So that's a nice little tip for guys. Okay, nice. Yeah, and that 
that mid layer is kind of nice, like I said, to trap things. So I think we covered most of the other tips like during the, the podcast, but man, I think we covered some ground. That's uh, that is sleep systems. We've hit them. Nice. Yeah. One hour, you know, pretty much everything you need to know about sleeping bags and sleeping systems really. Yeah. So if guys, uh, guys want to go, they can go to, uh, you know, the BaxterBowman.com, the, the Hunt Elka 2020 series. There's a, a link to the sleeping bag guide, the gear guide. I will put a link in the show notes here as well. Um, they can, it's got all that stuff, a lot more detail than we covered actually. And uh, a bunch of notes and it's including the recs of which, uh, which sleeping bags I think are best. So yep. always they can head there if they want to find out more. And then if you like our show, um, please subscribe, rate, and review. It really, really helps the podcast out. It helps us get our word out there. And um, eventually when this gets more and more popular, Baxter and I will get to spend more and more time doing it, which is what we love. And uh, yeah, that helps us out a ton. And uh, thank you so much for spending the time with us. We really appreciate it. Hope you got something out of it. Oh, yeah. One more gear guide coming up next week, and then we're back to elk behavior. So get excited. All right. I'm excited. I'm right. I'm always excited. <laughs> you are. I, I bet every episode starts with Josh being excited, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.